Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 39. And tonight we're recapping Alice Isn't Dead, Chapter 7, Let's Break Into a Police Station. So we've already listened to the episode. Fair warning, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. But this was this was definitely a, a caper episode, I it guess. Was, it was something of a madcap adventure, I think. So, And I like Sylvia yeah, the more yeah. we see of her. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty cool. So to break it down to its simplest element, they're going to break into a police station, as you probably figured from the title of the episode. But... It's just kind of like, it's neat to see like two people who are not like criminal masterminds or hardened thieves or whatever. They're just like, I don't know, how do we get into the building? And just sort of figuring it out from there. And all throughout this madcap adventure that the narrator is relating, I love all of the dialogue, the, the way the back and forth between the two of them, especially when they're when she's trying to figure out how to get into the police station. Right. She tells Sylvia she needs a distraction, and Sylvia's like, what kind of distraction? And she said, I need to do something very stupid and very loud, so I need you to do something stupider and louder. And that's I like that way they phrased it. And Sylvia's reaction was just, I know just the thing. And the narrator says, oh, don't tell me. I'll probably have to stop you. Yeah. And so it back and forth in between what the adventure is going on, there's also her talking about driving through Texas. And I kind of like, you know, she talks about how it's like the, the cacti are very cartoony. They almost look like exactly out of a painting and everything. And she talks about Texans. Everything really is bigger in Texas. And she wonders what's that about. And maybe it's just compensation. And she said, technically, I guess lots of America's like that, but I'm not in America. I'm in Texas. And I'm like, you know what? From what I've heard, that's pretty apt. Yeah, that's right. A Texas first, then America, if you're in Texas. Yeah. yeah. So back to the madcap adventure, our narrator jumps up onto the roof of the police station, which I have to wonder exactly if that, I mean, she basically climbs up a dumpster onto the roof of the police station. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's a likely thing that would happen. But maybe not nowadays. Nowadays, everyone's going to be a little bit more concerned with security and what bad things could possibly do if they had access to an unguarded section of a police station. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, this is in Savannah, so maybe it's in an older area of Savannah that doesn't have maybe all the technical capabilities. I don't know. But she's on the roof and she's wondering. She's like, I don't know, maybe there was a distraction and I didn't hear it. Maybe something's wrong. Maybe she's been arrested. And then she hears the distraction. And Sylvia has decided to plow a car through the front of the police station, which is kind of what I was thinking, too. It's like, yeah, if yeah. you need something really loud that's going to get an entire police station full of officers to start swarming at the one place where you're not, crashing a car through the front would probably be a good plan. It wasn't going fast enough to hurt anybody, but too fast to stop. Exactly. And you know what? I was just... Me and Jada were taking our bikes out to this one area to try and drive them around since neither of us have owned bikes in like 15, 20 years. And while we're working, there was a fender bender on the street right next to us and nobody was hurt and it wasn't that fast and it wasn't that big. But man, when two cars hit each other, it is friggin' loud. <laughs> it's just very startling. And I can just imagine a slow moving car crashing through the front window of a police station. Yeah, everybody runs to the front and our narrator drops. She breaks the skylight and drops through the skylight to the ground to try and find what she's looking for. And she does manage to find it, which surprised the heck out of me because I would think in an entire 
police station, it would be a little tricky in all that chaos to find the right desk for Officer Campbell. But she finds it, and she manages to scoop up as much information as she can, and now she's got to get out. Yeah, yeah, and she can't reach the skylight because <laughs> she didn't like have a rope or anything. She just jumped and she's like, look, I'm not an expert at this. I'm not really an expert at anything. I didn't think about it, okay? <laughs> but she what, she got on top of the desk and jumped for the skylight? Yeah, I think the idea was it was too high to pull herself into and technically too high to jump to if you take into consideration the fact that there's jagged edges of glass all around the edges. And then she realizes, well, they're going to get me if I don't do something. I can't, like, hide here. You know, she thought, maybe I can hide until the place is empty. Well, chances are the police station is not going to be empty, especially since there's a car that's been driven through the front window. So she jumps for it. And she manages to scratch up her stomach pretty good, but it's the thought of the hungry man or the thistle man and his attack yeah. and also of the thought of the police officer who wouldn't help her that spurs her on yeah. to haul herself over the edge of the skylight and onto the roof. So she throws herself off the roof onto the dumpster, hits the ground running and there's several police officers after her and she doesn't think she's going to be able to make it and then Sylvia goes running by in the opposite direction. Hey assholes, how's your front window? And that takes three of them <laughs> off her tail. So they do both manage to get away. Yeah, I would love to see a, a, like a, a film of that, that, that particular oh, uh, yeah. that interchange. <laughs> it's awesome. So they do make it back to the truck and then they do that thing in the truck where they're probably like tensely driving away and then a half an hour later they look at each other and they just start laughing and they can't stop laughing and yeah, every time they slow down they look at each other and they start laughing again but they do manage to find a quiet moment and they look through the stuff that she pulled off of there and officer campbell is one of those people who has to print out his emails in order to read them which i i think a lot of people listening to this are going to be like what no one does that oh no i've worked with people who do that that's a thing i don't get it i i am on email so know. often I would need a ream of paper every single day to print out everything that I get emailed. That's, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. It's bizarre, but yeah. And I mean, e- including like his notifications that come through email when somebody responds to his comment on Huffington Post. And so she's reading through all this stuff, including his opinions on Star Trek canon. And uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Oh but, um, my goodness. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, you had a great phrase a while ago, allergic to clutter. And that's me. I don't oh, yeah. even like old emails cluttering up my inbox. And that only exists electronically. The idea of all of this stuff in paper format would just make me break out in hives. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so it takes them a while to actually weed through it and find anything relevant. And they do actually find something. And they found a phrase that I don't know that I remember her mentioning before, but she said Alice had written it on her papers. What was the phrase again? It was vector H. And I don't know what that comes from. Not sure. It didn't sound familiar to me. So that's, she knows that just from looking at that, that they're definitely on the right track. And he's been searching out stuff, I believe, in reference to the Thistle Man. And he's actually circled a city on this one map. And they realize that's where they need to go to get more information. But then she did something, I don't know, a little surprising, I guess. She basically told Sylvia... She convinced Sylvia to not come with her, and Sylvia's not happy about it, but she says this is, the narrator said what she's doing is stupid, and stupid and dangerous, and she needs Sylvia to be able to survive this, because 
if she's after anybody, they're going to have to be really terrified, but only if Sylvia does not get herself killed skulking yeah. around places that our narrator now has to go to. Yeah, she's definitely got the idea that Sylvia is more important than she is. Sylvia is braver than she is, more tenacious, but she's just so young. And she's like, basically, you know, you, you need to sit this one out and get older and stronger and wiser and keep finding out stuff. Um, but she really feels like Sylvia's life is more important to her own. So she she wants to go in and she's not going to be able to stop herself. The narrator's not going to be able to stop going and looking for this stuff. But she's like, I think you can and I think you should. And so I'm heading off on my own. And Sylvia finally manages to let herself get talked into it. Yeah, I think we're going to see more of her in the future, but I think they've, she's bowing out for these next few episodes, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. we've only got three more episodes until the end of the first part, and I don't know how much of a pause we'll have in between part one and part two. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the city that they were going to is in California, and it's Victorville, California. And do you are you familiar at all with Victorville? Do you know anything about it? Uh, there's a artist, uh, a woman named Fisher, that uh, I love listening to her albums. If you ever find a True North is one of, I think that was one of her first ones that I listened to. But there's also a two CD set called Uppers and Downers, and Victorville was part of a lyric in one of her songs. Oh. And that's the only way that oh, okay. I know about Victorville. Well, I was wondering why it sounded so familiar, and I looked it up, and it had like a things to do in Victorville, California. Not a lot. And it's out in the desert. But the reason why it's familiar, it is 12 miles away from Elmer's Bottle Tree Ranch that I had oh, gone out to Oh, which you, you went that, to a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, boy, it was actually, believe it or not, it was... Last year sometime. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been like months. Where's this year gone? I still can't believe it's already June. Know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. But yeah, I think I, I might have driven through it on my way. If you don't know, Elmer's Bottle Tree Ranch is this guy out in the middle of the desert. And I guess he and his father, when he was younger, they just collected a lot of just junk, I suppose. And his father passes away. And so he's got like all these glass bottles and stuff and antiques and whatever. And rather than, you know, turn into some strange kind of hoarder, he actually takes all the bottles and he built, you know, they, they apparently bottle trees are a thing that exists in other places. It's like, looks oh, yeah. like a coat stand with like little things pointing off of it and you just hang bottles on it. It's called a bottle tree ranch because it's this huge yard and it's just filled with these bottles on these spikes. And in between it, you'll have like, I don't know, like old guns are sort of hung high up and and whirly gigs and old typewriters and silverware and statues and it's out in the desert and the day that I went out to visit when I got out of the car it said it was 115 outside oh. so it's weird and awesome and if you ever are on route 66 near victorville san bernardino i believe it is go check it out it's, it's really weird but when she said she was going out to that area i'm like that's a strange area of the country you know it's, i think it sounds it's just like very it odd yeah, yeah so i'm looking forward to next episode to seeing what she sees maybe they'll take a trip by a bottle bottle ranch bottle yeah they ranch. might yeah, that would be cool <laughs> but then after that we had the chicken who crossed the road what would you say was the answer to why did the chicken cross the road uh time is weird yeah i think so yeah time moves very fast except when it doesn't right so and that was it that was the end of the episode and um technically we actually do have a welcome to night vale episode ready to listen to as well but we didn't want to try and cram two recaps into one we could have we just didn't want to and um so that'll that'll definitely be what we recap next week so what are you up to this week well, I know I got to get working on the Doctor Who fan orchestra. Um, I'm actually finishing up an edit of the Voltron Roundtable panel from 
WonderCon, which was weeks ago. So it's definitely been <laughs> something I've been putting off working on for a while now. But I'm working on that. And as soon as that gets done, got to crack down on the Doctor Who fan orchestra stuff. I think it's going to be fun. That first pa- half page, I think, is the trickiest part for the violins because that's very odd. It's it's a fun song. Very very cute. It's obviously it's Donna. It's her theme. So it's yeah. going to be a little yeah, wacky yeah. and a little fun everything little tricky on the the rhythm but then after that it yeah. just gets a uh, much longer drawn out notes for the violin oh, i think all the, nice. the the fun stuff's packed into that first half page didn't you also say that the ending is actually a little sad it is very and it's almost exactly like donna's arc in doctor who that it starts out wacky and madcap and fun and and sad, which is one of the Aww. reasons why I've never been able to pick Donna as my favorite companion, just because the ending just kind of hurt my heart. <laughs> I just, it really I did. Believe I believe that. Know. I mean, it's bad enough that you can't travel with the Doctor anymore, but when you can't even remember all the adventures that you had, no, no. I know. That when she says that line, I was going to stay with you forever, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so sad. I think it's either going to be this weekend or the next weekend. A bunch of us from where I work are going to go together to go to the San Diego Fair, which is on right now. And that's always fun. I need to get a strap for my camera because I like, or my phone rather, I like getting a video when I'm on those like swinging vine rides, but my phone takes better video and I really don't want to fling it into the crowd. So I'm I'm looking for a little strap that I could plug into it. Yeah, I would want to have that thing belted to me because... yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's not the t- most terrifying ride. In fact, it's probably one of the tamest ones because I like to ride on those things. But yeah. still, when you're up there and you're flinging around and you're trying to film with the camera, all you can think about is that camera just flying out of your hands. Oh, yeah. And I'm actually thinking, I don't know if this is going to happen, but they have another one of those that's twice as tall as that one. Ooh. And I've never gone on it before. And I kind of think I want to do that one. I'm like, eh. I so, see, yeah. I could see making that particular step. So. I, I could too, but I'll, I'll tell you, just from watching it at the fair, my palms are sweaty just thinking about it. So this will uh, be fun. Well, I remember when you took me and Nathan with you to the San Diego fair one time, and the thing that we watched for a while was the bungee jumping. Do they still oh, have my. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, do, totally do. Yeah, absolutely. Just watching people jump off that. Because uh, if you pay the money, and I, I want to say it's like 30, 40, 50 bucks to go up there, and you go up to the top, if you chicken out, you don't get your money back. So, you know, people usually, if you see somebody going up, chances are good they are going to be coming down. But you know. uh, I just, I think, I almost want to say that's on my bucket list, except it's that ratio of fun to the possibility of something going wrong. And it's just like, yeah. I can't make myself do something like that. It's almost like spending your life points to a do something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. The the danger factor uh, is greater than, I think, the fun factor for me at that point. Yeah. So because if something fine. goes wrong, well, that's kind of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of think the same way about motorcycles. You know, props to all you people who are on motorcycles and like them and everything. I imagine... Driving a motorcycle must be very fun and very freeing and awesome. I'll tell you right now, riding on the back of a motorcycle, not that interesting, you know? No. It's uncomfortable. You can't move around. You can't really talk to the person that you're with. Um, and if you don't have a full face helmet, it's like somebody's buffeting you in the face with a pillow for like two hours. But um, yeah, that's another thing where the, the danger factor is greater than the actual fun factor. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to pass. So for much safer things, TV. I've Yay. only got one more episode left of the season two of Hannibal. And oh. it's, 
Oh, really intriguing stuff. So I'm wondering how high the body count is because if you haven't watched Hannibal, the second season starts with a scene that we haven't gotten to yet from the end of the second uh, season. So they one of those. they show you what's happening, and then you jump a few months earlier. So and then oh, it takes great. you the entire second season to get back to that scene, which we still haven't gotten to yet. So God, yeah, and great, uh, yeah, but. I seem to be watching a lot of dark things. They finally dropped the uh, new season of uh, Peaky Blinders, Killian Murphy's show. Have you watched any of that? No, but I've been hearing good things about it. it it's really fun, but Killian Murphy, in a lot of ways, he's got the same kind of handsomeness that Benedict Cumberbatch has. That ah. they're very good-looking men, but in certain shots, there is something very otherworldly about them, very alien. Yeah, yeah. And Killian yeah. Murphy excels at the expressing all this emotion with this dead-eyed stare. <laughs> <laughs> he can be creepy when he wants to. He oh, really can. Oh, yeah, he really can. So he was a good choice yeah. for the uh, the Scarecrow in the Batman movies. I wish they had. Oh, uh, yeah. We'd seen more of him than just, you know... I think he got one quick shot in the third. Yep, yep, that's it, just for a minute. And I was actually surprised that was really him. I'm like, really? You got Killian Murphy in the movie and you're just going to use him for five minutes? Really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, so I've been catching up on True Blood finally because I had stopped in the fourth season and I picked it up again recently. And the fourth season was awesome and the fifth season was excellent. Uh, Leland had said he loved it because it was just off the hook and he's totally right. It really is. I'm halfway through the sixth season. It's god awful. Really? It so it, it it dropped so fast. What I mean, I'm watching happened? this episode. New de- new oh, director, new writer, new I think it's writing, but man, let me tell you because it was always fun because it was very tongue in cheek and never took itself too seriously. It's like at the end of the day, it's a vampire show and there's this girl and she's got all these vampires falling in love with her and there's fairies and ghosts and werewolves and shapeshifters and you know, they realize it's like it's a pretty ridiculous concept. We're going to make it like it's definitely violent and it can be very dark and it has its serious moments, but it's got a lot of funny moments too. Last few episodes, whoever's writing it now is like, no, this is the most serious thing ever. And it's so overwrought and so overdone and terribly written. I mean, it's just awful. (laughs) Just, I can't even express. So I'm, it's now become the thing that I put on in the background when I'm working on other things. I would like to finish it since I only have a season and a half left to go and it's done. But man, it's bad. And I found this thread on Reddit where people were ranking the True Blood seasons from worst to best. And season six was consistently getting higher ratings than I would have expected. So maybe I just have hit like a slew of bad episodes. Maybe it improves before the end. But seriously, like episodes six, seven, and eight, really bad. <laughs> like Aww. really, really bad. Oh, I don't I just know. just kind of wonder. I mean, oh, yeah. something happened in the consistency. Must yeah. have been a whole writer's change or something. I guess I was looking and some of the writers and directors who were on the episodes that I'm reading had done other episodes earlier on. And I don't remember anything being as awful as these ones are. I mean, just really. And But season five was awfully fun. It was really <laughs> and shocking and great and cool. So I don't know. I don't It's It's bad. And then I hear Leland said he didn't think that the series finale was awful. He said it was over over long and drawn out, but he didn't hate it. But I sure noticed a lot of the internet liking to jump and put down on the series finale. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably going in with the right, 
lowered expectations on this uh, It sounds one. like it, yes. And yeah, you're yeah, also yeah. getting to see it all at once rather than having to yeah. wait for an entire week or more than a month if it's a hiatus and then yeah, getting yeah. that quality level. Yeah, so so we'll see. Hopefully maybe by the time we record another episode, maybe I'll be done. You know, There's only like 12 episodes a season, so it's, it doesn't take that long to blow through them. Uh, well, that, uh, the number of episodes is why I haven't been able to catch up on Vampire Diaries or the others because that's right. such an investment investment in time. I mean, it's like 22 episodes. Yeah. And you did the same thing that I did. It's actually not the others. It's the originals, but I oh, have done crap. the others like a bazillion times. <laughs> Why do I do that? All the time. There isn't a TV show called the others, is there? It's, no, uh, there's a movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. With Christopher Eccleston in it. So, you know, Doctor Who. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, it must be because there's the Vampire Diaries and then that other vampire show and my brain Exactly. Makes that That's definitely it. But, you know, I'll, I do that kind of thing where if it's got the same first letter, like the number of times I say Daredevil when I meet Deadpool and vice versa, it's really kind of ridiculous. But they're both Marvel characters. They both start with a D and they both wear a lot of red. It's not my fault. I remember <laughs> listening to an old podcast of you guys um, – on comic issues when there was the whole thing about the white witch and the white queen. Oh, oh God. Yeah. That one all the time. Oh, it's terrible. I can't get those two straight to save my life. So if you guys, if you listeners happen to catch us doing something like that, please make a comment about it because we would be very amused and also embarrassed. Yes. I'm sure would be amusing for you guys. Yes. Yes, it would. Yeah. Because, you know, especially if you can get the hardcore stuff, like when I mix up my DC and Marvel, which really isn't that hardcore to keep them straight, but (laughs) I do that too. (laughs) But other than that, make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all of the reviews, all of the photo galleries, and all the podcasts, and all the stuff that's going on there. And we are only, God, we're like a month away from Comic-Con. So that's going to be amazing. It's really, I don't know where this year has gone to. Yeah, it's really flown by. It's been crazy. Speaking of podcasts, you guys need to look up Loki Hates You, the cosplayer, his Twitter feed, because my God, that picture that Jada posted of oh my god yes loki hates you a loki cosplayer and thor tv a thor cosplayer at wizard con posing with tom hiddleston and chris hemsworth oh it's pretty epic it's awesome because if you're not familiar if you're not familiar with loki hates you and thor tv i mean they do excellent costumes their costume work is great but the two of them actually have the facial features closer than any other cosplay I've ever seen of Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. They, it's kind of uncanny when you see them in full regalia. You're just like, wow, that's startling. But um, yeah, that was a great picture. It was awesome. But we have actually an episode of Welcome to Night Vale ready to listen to. So we'll be listening to that soon. So we will see everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.